following program is intended for mature audiences. The time is now for the hardest hit, yet completely trivial, football show on the planet. You are in rarefied territory. Ladies and gentlemen, well, well to the broken helmet. Let's rock. Yeah. Coming to you live on tape with a snap on Monday, August 14th, 2023, where preseason week one has come to a close. Four straight days, 16 games, not great games. Uh, you know, more fans in the stands than I expected for week one. But even with the crap quality of football, still more watchable than either the XFL and the USFL, and that is why those leagues simply will not make it. You know, not to revisit the conversation from last show, don't worry. Just a testament to the fans' interest in the NFL brand, in that shield. Since I fall into that category, I too watched. Uh, I'd say I probably had as much fun as my wife last time we had sex. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thanks. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But but no, no, it, it, she really doesn't dig it at all. Uh, my, my penis is like happiness kryptonite to her. So uh, anyhow, uh, back to NFL and the pigskin. You know, the games, they, um, they weren't good. Nope. Uh, they were, some of them, borderline unwatchable. Some of them were okay. Uh, for you gambling degenerates out there, let's uh, rip through the week one scoreboard and let you guys know what exactly happened. It started off, like I said, four days, 16 games. Thursday, we had the Texans over the Patriots, 20-9. to We had the Seahawks over the Vikings, 24-13. to Then we went into Friday. We had the Packers beating up on the Bengals, 36-19. to Anybody, it is Monday night, like I said. Anybody sitting around the television? television set, turn on NFL Network, you could have watched a repeat of that fantastic ball game there. Uh, again, Packers 36, Bengals 19. Lions ousted the Giants 21-16. to It was the Falcons 19, Dolphins 3. Dolphins didn't get on the board at all. Just one little tiny kick. Well, I get they got on the board, right? That doesn't make any sense. Way to go, Rich. Uh, if, three points for the Dolphins. Uh, go to uh, it was Tampa Bay was the next game, and they ended up losing to the Steelers at home. We'll talk about that in a little bit because there, there's one player that is just lighting up the Instagrams with his preseason play, and he was active in that game. Steelers 27, Buccaneers 17. That Buccaneers team is probably going to be pretty awful, right? It's going to be a race to the bottom between them and the Cardinals this year, I, you know, one would think, because it's not looking good. When you don't have when you have four quarterbacks, you don't have one, right? When you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. So, and they got between Mayfield and Trask. Good luck with that shit. Uh, then the other games on Friday night, Commanders were two better than the Browns, 17-15 there. Cardinals 18, Broncos 17. That game we'll talk about again. Went into Saturday, Bills over the Colts, 23-19. to The Bears beat the Titans 23 to 17. It was the Jets 27, Panthers 0. Fucking big goose egg for the Panthers uh, and Bryce Young's premiere in at home, mind you. Uh, but anyway, over to Dallas. Uh, Dallas lost at home. Jaguars 28, Cowboys 23. Go to Baltimore. Baltimore beat the Eagles by 1.20 to 19. So you had two one-point games so far uh, in this preseason. The other one being that Cardinals game uh, when they beat the Broncos by one. Uh, Chicago, not Chicago, uh, Chargers ended up playing Los Angeles Rams. They ended up winning in Los Angeles. The Battle of Los Angeles right there. That, that was the one that everybody was dying to see. The uh, Chargers versus the Rams. Chargers won 34-17. Sunday had two games and that wrapped up the week and that was the Saints over the Chiefs 26-24 and then the Raiders 34 
49ers 7. So there you have it for all of your gambling degenerates who have already seen this. And that's why they don't do fucking... This is why they killed like the 20-minute... Maybe they still do them, but I don't think so because I don't listen to talk radio that much anymore. I used to be a junkie. Uh, You know, I've said this on podcast prior, but, you know, I went back to school. I got a master's degree for no fucking reason in journalism because I wanted to be in sports radio because that was the era that I grew up on and you know graduated 03 all of a sudden there's this YouTube this internet thing is all coming around and podcasting it was like well I don't know if radio is going to do that well anymore and I'm not on air nobody wants to pay me they want to pay me $70 an hour to work the board this is not the fucking thing to do but anyway back in those heydays you know they had the sports updates every 20 minutes I think right 20 minutes on the hour 20 20 and 20 uh, and they just don't do them anymore. They might do them top and bottom of the hour, but it's just junk because those things existed because everybody wanted to know the scores for gambling and, and obviously for some sports junkies, but that, that was a gambling uh, primary function uh, item. I, that's not even good English, but fuck me. So now with the internet and phones and you know there's just no need for the updates but i just threw it in there because fuck it why not it's fun to do uh every here and there and try to tap into all the update uh lingo and shit that i used to. i haven't done one of those in quite a while i had done them at 790 ticket down in miami uh actually got paid to do them but again it was like seven dollars an hour so they get paid a lot but that was the first gig i ever had in radio working for the great jeff deforest <laughs> As his producer, uh, we were doing the overnights. And so Big D, Dizzle, was running the board. And then it was Jeff and I doing the show. Well, Jeff doing the show. And then me doing updates while I was also producing. But uh, early days of 790, there was not many callers at night. Uh, very fun to do. We were always ordering pizzas and stuff in our face and just getting fat and reading updates. But I haven't done any of those in a while. And I didn't do that one that well anyway. But they don't do them anymore. And it's not really a career. They got... You know, people, time to time, you hear them do it, but, I mean, it is a throwaway junk thing to do up uh, score updates because there's just no need for them anymore. Everybody's got their phones. But, anyway, um, let's talk about some of the store, stores, some of the stories from those games. Uh, quarterbacks really is where it's at, you know, at least in week one, because you saw a lot of activity across the board. Uh, you know, C.J. Stroud, he played uh, not well, but again, who really cares? You know, I, you can't really make mo- most of these first preseason games, especially from a rookie, but it is fun to see, and then just been like, ah, you know, he really, really looks bad. But in, uh, you know, Stroud's, case and Young's case I you know there's I don't think there's really much that you can pull out of it but um, for talking purposes here um, let's see going in that Thursday game you did see Billy Zappi and Malik Cunningham show a little bit and then obviously Jason Lock and Fora all of a sudden he started talking nonstop about Billy Zappi he could be better than Mac Jones bah, bah, bah. you know Lock and Fora always trying to fucking give everybody his slant because he knows more than you because that's who he is Cunningham was fun to watch because he ended up getting into the game a little bit later. And then he had a nice little dynamic. You know, he was playing at wide receiver. Then they moved him out of wide receiver, put him under center. And then he threw the ball a little bit, ran it probably better than he threw it. But, uh, you know, very dynamic player. And if I'm not mistaken, when they were talking about him in the game, I think they said he was an undrafted uh, rookie. So undrafted rookie, undrafted free agent. But good for him. He got in there and, and he did it right. So you saw that happening. On Thursday night, uh, Jordan Love for the Packers. He got under there. He was 7 for 10 with one touchdown. Kenny Pickett, we talked about that just a little while ago. I said I was going to mention that. Well, that game ended up being kind of significant. Pickett goes 6 for 7 with a TD, and that TD ended up being to the great George Pickens, who is the one I referenced when I said he's lighting up the fucking internet with all the shit that he's doing in preseason. People were looking at Pickett last year kind of being, you know, one of those rookies that might be able to produce, and he did okay, and then all of a sudden this year, people were like, oh, you know, I think I'm going to grab him, you know, a little earlier than everybody else. Well, it's too late. He, he is gone. P- Pickens is like shooting up all the draft boards. Faster than you can know. I, you know, I obviously if you go to ADP, you, you can see what it is. But you, 
I'm just talking about the word on the street, the juice, right? He's got the juice right now. You got the juice now, kid. Anybody remember that one? That was a good one. Tupac when he was still alive. Anyway, uh, back to quarterback. So Pickett goes six for seven with the one touchdown. You got the Trask versus Mayfield disaster down in uh, Tampa. Who fucking cares? Sam Howell for the Redskins. He's going into his second year now. He is the uh, you know surefire starter there for the soon-to-be Redskins again. At least that's what you want to believe from uh, you know the juice. You got the juice now, kid. Word on the street. Uh, because now there is a push back to take the Redskins' name. And let's just be honest. If that fucking member club goes back from the Commanders back to the Redskins after the holy hell that fucking went through, that shit, I you know, it was happening with colleges way long ago. Obviously, these college, colleges are crazy liberal. But, you know... You had colleges take their Indian mascots and basically do away with them, right? The Fighting Illini, they're gone. Are they just the Illini now? Syracuse Orange Men became the the Syracuse Orange. Uh, I think the it, and was that was the Orange Orange Men even a, a, an Indian thing, or they just got rid of it because it was a sexist thing? One of the other thing that has Syracuse Orange, uh, the Red Storm, right? It was the Red Storm used to be the St. John's Redmen, right? If I'm not mistaken with that one, I, I mean I'm fucking shit. I'm 47. I'm, I'm fucking dating myself. You know, at 20 years old, I would have rattled all these things off in two seconds, but nowadays it's a little different. Anyway. Um, but yeah, St. John's, you know, changed theirs, their nickname to the Red Storm. Who knows what the fuck a Red Storm is, but they wanted to keep something and they were all red. So that fits, you know, I'm, I'm getting, you know, I have no creativity. I can't think of what to do. I'm a fucking liberal college. Let's just change it to Red Storm. Woo. Sounds great. Fucking put a little like cyclone thing. I think is there, I, is there icon, whatever. Um, but anyway, if the fucking commanders who after they made the big stink about changing the Redskins saw like all the way down to high schools start changing their fucking names because I live in northern New Jersey Pascack Hills and Pascack Valley both offshoots of the town of Montvale and plus I guess the neighboring towns there not that anybody here would know this but I think the only three people listening to this fucking podcast are from around here so you might uh, you know they end up changing their names they were the Cowboys and the Indians right and then they ended up having to change it and now they're the Broncos and the something out uh, I fucking know muskrats or some shit you know, it's just shit that doesn't make sense, right? So, I, you know, we, we were the Cowboys and Indians, and now we're the Broncos and the Muskrats. Fucking what? I mean, it's just fucking dizzying. It's crazy. <laughs> so, anyway, but now there's a push to bring the Redskins back. So, where was I? Oh, that's right, Sam Howell. Nine for 12, one touchdown. Deshaun Watson threw all of three passes, 12 yards, completed them all. Anthony Richardson, he got in there. He was seven for 12 with one INT. Malik Willis... And Will Levis played. Levis? Levis? Uh, he's dead. Uh, anyway, uh, Willis went 16 for 25. And for 189, an interception. Meanwhile, Levis went 1 for 14. Uh, nine, 1 for 14? That's terrible. 9 for 14 sounds a little bit better. 85 yards and 1 INT. Justin Fields threw all of three passes in his first preseason game, but one of them ended up going to DJ Moore, who ripped it down the field 62 yards. Uh, Bryce Young, he went 4 for 5 for 21 yards, got banged up in the process, not injured, but just banged up literally. He physically got fucking smashed. Uh, Zach Wilson, he didn't look that terrible again. 14 for 20, 123, and one touchdown. Uh, he'll never play because Aaron Rodgers is there, but you never know. Aaron Rodgers might blow out his fucking pinky or fucking ball sack or some shit, and then he's got to go hit the sidelines, and then all of a sudden, Zach Wilson's back in there, banging moms and throwing bombs. Trevor Lawrence, 5 for 6, 36 yards, 1 TD, 1 INT. Uh, who cares about that? Because that, he's solid, and, uh, you know, there was not really a game of significance in that one. Mahomes actually stepped on the field. He played a couple of drives. Uh, Derek Carr, he went 6 for 8 for 70 yards and a touchdown. Didn't look terrible. You know, I am not a Derek Carr fan. He was okay at times in his stint with the Raiders. And obviously, Raider fans are not a huge fan of him. But look, he's not going to the Hall of Fame. He's not somebody you're going to look back fondly of, I doubt, because he didn't do anything in Oakland. 
However, well, or Las Vegas for that matter. Um, however, you know, he was manageable. You know, he he wasn't great, but he wasn't awful. I mean, think about the awful quarterbacks that you've seen over your lifetime, depending on how old you are. At 47, it's been quite a many quarterback that are fucking stinky. Uh, and I don't know if I would put him in that category. He's just one of those quarterbacks, you know, he's all right. He was all right. He could have been a lot worse, but uh, he also could have been a lot better. Um, pretty average. But, you know, I'm, I'm almost pulling for him now in New Orleans because he really just kind of got, you know, not a raw deal. He got paid well in with the Raiders, but he just got thrown out of town and they just didn't give a shit. And he had to go through that whole John Gruden thing. Oh, man. Remember the fucking, uh, it was the... They, they were featured on the one season of Hard Knock, right? And fucking Antonio Brown burnt his feet off, and he moves next to Gruden. A couple years later, Gruden's pff, throwing racial slurs all over the goddamn place, and he's thrown out, and then Derek Carr's got to sit there and just been like, all right, I don't know who my coach is now. And then it ends up being uh, fucking shit face from the Patriots, and then he comes in, and McDaniels is just like, yeah, I, I'm fucking, I think I'm done with him. So anyway, go Derek Carr. You looked okay. Um, uh, Trey Lance, uh, th- this fucking guy. L- let's just stop right here. I can't fucking take Trey Lance anymore. I'm tired of this fucking guy. You know, they traded for him, and then he has never played. He simply has never played. I mean, to go back in time just a hot second, we're talking about Trey Lance, who when he was playing, he was the backup. Wasn't starting. Wasn't close to starting. Garoppolo ended up beating him out for the gig. He was supposed to take it over, couldn't do it. They're in Green Bay, right? And Garoppolo is pretty terrible in that first half, right? And then I think, if I remember right, he he picked it up a little bit in the second half, whatever it was. They're talking about Trey Lance and talking about throwing Trey Lance in the internet people, bloggers, all the rest of it. You know, podcasters now, right? Bloggers are now podcasters. And they're just throwing out tweets left and right. You know, oh, Trey Lance should go in there. He'd be able to run this and run that. You know, like Trey Lance has stepped on a pro field in actual game time, regular season, much less playoffs. That's when people were clamoring for this fucking asshole. And done anything. He's done nothing. He's done done as fucking much in the NFL as I have. That's not an exaggeration. We've both done nothing. Fucking zero. So this guy comes on and he looked terrible. You want to know his stats? He was 10 for 15, 112, and 1 TD. That doesn't sound too bad. If you saw it, he had like two picks that were dropped. He looked like absolute horseshit. He was terrible. And, you know, let's just hope Brock Purdy fucking is legit and continues the streak that he had last year. Because if Trey Lance has got to get in there, I, I don't know how anybody who's watched this kid play, much less the 49ers who own his rights and were hoping that he was going to be their next guy. I don't know how they even why they even drafted him, to be honest. But if you think that he's the guy, I mean, you are just... You're, really, you're, you're changing your diapers every other day because he is not giving you any show of confidence that he can cut it in this league. No, no. No, 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 no. So, uh, I digress. Uh, Sam Darnold, he came in. He was 5 for 8 for 84 yards. Uh, also, for before mentioned, 49ers. I, think about it. They got Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, and Sam Darnold. And those are the three guys that uh, fucking they're going to try to tap to, to go under center or, you know, back from center because, you know, Shanahan's offense is probably more, uh, you know, shotgun than anything else, as is a lot of offenses. So that whole under center thing is probably going to have to be adjusted. And uh, we're going to have to amend that phrase as time goes on here. But, um, again, those are the three guys that they got at the quarterback position. I mean, good luck with that. Birdie, uh, I'm pulling for you, as is every single 49er fan, because otherwise you're fucked. Uh, And then in that same game, Aiden O'Connell for the Raiders, the aforementioned Raiders who jettison Derek Carr and have no Garoppolo as of yet. Aiden O'Connell, no, not to be confused with Jerry O'Connell, goes under center. Under center, again, there I go. I mean, I, I just talk to myself. Green, break it down. Ugh. You are a stupid asshole. That's 
That's exactly what he is. Thanks, guys. Um, so anyway, no, not to be confused with uh, the other O'Connell. Uh, he goes 15 for 18, 141, one touchdown. Didn't look bad. Didn't look bad. And you know, it's funny. I, I was, <laughs> who was I talking to? I was talking to somebody about Jerry O'Connell I, like a week or two ago and ended up going into, you know, the, the typical Google hole. And Jerry O'Connell is now almost 50 years old, right? And he's been in fucking all this shit. Nothing recently, though. He's been in a bunch of TV stuff where he's becoming now kind of a um, a game show host, if you will. go Game show host for hire, right? So he's popped up on, the, I guess, a new version of Pictionary and uh, I think one or two other new game shows based on board games. But what has really been getting them by for the past, I don't know, maybe six or so years, I think. You can go on his IMD and be in front. And I did not know this because I'm not a huge fan of the DC Universe. But he is basically the voice of Superman, Clark Kent, for the DC Animated Universe. Right, he, you know, he is the what was his name, Kevin Conroy, right? Kevin Conroy, the guy who was the voice of the animated Batman, who everybody's like, no, that is fucking Batman. Kevin Conroy is fucking Batman. Everybody and their brother knows him if you heard the voice. Uh, and I think he just passed actually recently in the past two years, maybe. Anyway, I, I guess O'Connell is kind of like the equivalent of that for Superman now. So you wonder what's been going on with Kevin O'Connell. He's been voicing Superman in. DC cartoons. Go figure. So that's what happened to him. Well, anyway, his not-related brother is Aiden O'Connell and had an okay game for the fucking Raiders. Uh, as for other quarterbacks, that, that's pretty much it. Those are the quarterbacks. So then other players of note, since we're in fantasy season, you know, DJ Moore had a big TD. Like I said, he got, it was basically just like a, a swing out pass. And I don't He it was a 67-yard touchdown, but basically he caught the ball and he made one move. He broke in a step to, uh, a, I think it might have been a corner or an outside linebacker who just completely overcommitted and just went too far right, got blocked a little bit, and then was just cascading into nothingness. And then DJ Moore just takes one step in and then basically goes forward. And, th- and that's it. All the way down for the touchdown. 67 yards, like I said. So, I mean, good on stats, but if you watch the play, I mean, Jesus, I, the entire secondary plus the linebacker, everybody was blitzing. It was like a mess. It was a very easy touchdown once he made that one move and then just shot up. But um, I'm sure that will, you know, geek people up in Chicago because they made that big trade to give something to Justin Fields and they decided DJ Moore was going to be the way to go and all of a sudden in his first outing here in the preseason for the Bears ends up going 67 yards or 66 yards, whatever it might be. Other wide receiver who I mentioned I think three times now if not this is the third, George Pickens like I said, lighting up all of social media, all of YouTube with the way he's been performing in the preseason and he just had a touchdown in preseason game. So congratulations to George Pickens and ruining people who are trying to factor you in a lot lower down their fantasy football draft boards because I can't foresee that happening. I mean, he'll go higher. He'll probably, I would imagine that he'll probably be the wide receiver ever goes two years ago was Deontay Johnson. And then Johnson kind of took a downturn. And now it really looks like Pickett and Pickens have, you know, Pickett the Pickens, a lot of peas. Um, that they've got a lot, little bit of uh, you know coordination between the two of them. They're gelling a little bit. Uh, they got a little rapport. Rapport is probably the best word. And so I, I kind of like the two of them. And if you could, I it would have been nice to be able to pick up Pickett and Pickens and do it kind of late, right? You grab Pickens maybe. Round four, round five, maybe. Again, I don't know his ADP, so anybody laughing on the fucking internet, you know, suck it. Um, and then pick up, pick it way later, and then fill in your roster in between with all of that, and then you would have the one-two if Pickens ends up being a, or Pickett ended up being a solid second-year quarterback. That would have been, a, you know, a nice little, nice little, uh, you know, strategy there for getting a, you know, because one-twos, the quarterback-wide receiver tandem used to be one of the ways to go. Still is, I guess. You, you know, you like to get the connection. But it was really value back in the day where, you know, you really had that 
great quarterback, great wide receiver connection, and it was a little bit more plentiful um, in the heyday. You know, now, you know, Justin Jefferson, you're looking at him, then you've got to look at Kenny, or whatever, um, Kirk Cousins to go along with Jefferson, and nobody wants to do that anymore. But, you know, it, I, I'm really dating myself, but Montana to Rice, fucking, you know, that was uh, music to everybody's ears. Uh, you know, Brady to Gronk, that was another one that was music to ears. So, I mean, there's been way more than that. I'm just picking random ones off the top of my head. But, um, you know, the picket Pickens would have been a nice one because you probably could have got them both on a discount. Now it's going to be a little screwy because I think Pickens is going to go way higher in drafts. Anyway, so he had that touchdown cap, uh, touchdown catch. Like I said, Billy Zappi, I know we, we got off of the quarterbacks, but he's, you know, he, he's going to stay alive enough that, you know, he's going to have, like I said, lacking for talking shit and saying that, you know, he might give Mac Jones a, a run for the money. Look, the deal with the Patriots for 23 versus 22 is very simple. And here it is. You ready? It is. There's no Matt Patricia and Joe fucking judge. They're gone, right? They, well, Patricia's really gone. He got the fuck out, but they brought in Bill O'Brien and Bill O'Brien say what you want about him for being a, whatever, a, a general manager, right? Not a general manager. General manager, fucking terrible. You know. Smells really bad. Nobody wants to be around you. And again, doing, doing that stupid trade and, and jettisoning. Uh, and, well, I guess jettisoning is not the correct word, but getting Hopkins thrown out of town. Uh, that was in general manager mode, right? That's what that was. Um, but as an offensive coordinator, I mean, pretty, pretty fucking rock solid, right? And so he goes to Bama, if I'm not mistaken. Again, I'm not a huge college football fan. I follow it for the draft and, you know, time to time. But um, he goes to Bama, thinks the offensive coordinator there. And then, you know, sure enough, he stays in the Belichick uh, the Belichick slash Saban uh, grouping there, obviously, because Saban and Belichick are buddies. And then, you know, I guess they toss them around and you know, whatever happened. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe on the scenes, you know, Saban was like, yeah, you want them? You can have them. I, you know, I could do this shit with any of the guys that I recruit because I get the fucking top classes every single fucking year. So, um, but I think that will have a huge impact, if anything, on Mac Jones and the rest of the Patriots offense. So Lacking Four is going crazy with the Billy Zappi thing. Whoever, whether it's Zappi or Jones, uh, I don't care which one it is. The difference this year is going to be O'Brien. That's what it is. Um, Devon Achane, Achane, again, I don't know the name, rookie. He's the running back that the Dolphins drafted. And people have been talking about him here and there and thinking that he might be able to win out that backfield war because the only other guys is uh, Mitchell, who they brought in from 49ers, and uh, I forgot the other one. They're, they're, I mean, it's just all kind of free for whoever wants to take it. And sure enough, he gets in there. Uh, doesn't matter. He's dead. Uh, and every time I say that, if you don't fucking know, and I'm sure you know most of you do, uh, Turk, I know you're out there listening. Uh, Turk knows. Uh, that's a great throwback to the uh, the Private Parts movie, the great uh, Howard Stern flick, which was actually really good. And he's trying to say one of the fucking I forgot who it was, but he was trying to pronounce some f- famous. Uh, you know, it was a politician or some foreign dignitary, and he just couldn't say the name, and then he just said, oh, well, he's dead. Uh, anyway, so he, Devon, D.A., I'm just going to call him D.A. Uh, D.A. was uh, 10 rushes for 25 yards, but four catches for 41 yards. So if he has another game or two like that, you're going to see him start to go up the you know the boards a little bit because he was a sleeper for people because they thought you know rookie running backs are a great way to to spend late picks if they're around there and rookie running backs ha- tend to have immediate impact once they get in there because as all of the old running backs are finding out that it is uh, very translatable being a twenty something you know, year old running back, you just get in there, they give you the ball, you do your moves and, and away you go. 
but you're spent by the time that you're 26, 27, because you've been doing that since you were probably like, you know, 11, 12 years old. So there, the, a lot of no tread left on the tires there. Uh, anyway, so he has a good game. Tank Bigsby, who came in from Auburn, and uh, he was involved in the uh, who did the Cowboys play? It was the Cowboys. Said so before Cowboys Jaguars, right? So they bring uh, they bring Tank Bigsby into Jacksonville, and he ends up having a nice little outing. Nine runs for fifty two yards with a thirty four yard ripper, and then he went up against the midget of the Ville, uh, which was Deuce. Can you say midget anymore? I don't think so. I think I'm going to get canceled. <laughs> Uh, Deuce Vaughn, who everybody's been talking about because I guess he got drafted and his father is one of the running back coaches. Uh, again, better podcasters than me know all of this stuff off the top of their head. But as far as I know, I think he's like the running back coach. And that was one of the stories when it was like, oh, you know, it's uh, uh, fucking, you know, you, they're hooking up your family. It's, oh, Christ, Rich. Think about the goddamn word that you want to say uh, and know it before you try to use it. Anyway, um, what is it when you're out there, somebody just scream it into my ear, even though you're listening to this after I record it, so that wouldn't work even in the multiverse or, or on cosmic planes here. But the word where... You own something, and so then you hire your kids and shit to work it, um, and that is called nepotism. And so, Deuce Vaughn, nepotism. Wow, a fucking night I rule. Winning! The brain started working again, and I got that stupid word, nepotism. That's what is, was escaping me. Uh, God, I really do suck sometimes. Oh, nepotism. Deuce Vaughn. Yes, 8 for 50 with one touchdown. So he's looking good. He'll get a little bit of playing time, I would imagine, because Ezekiel Elliott, who we'll get to later, is not going to be going back to the Cowboys. And they more or less told you that um, in the preseason, uh, and people didn't want to believe him. They thought they were going back there. Well, guess what? He is not because he went somewhere else today. So Deuce Vaughn will get the backup. He'll get a little bit of play. It's kind of funny to watch him watch him run around there all short and shit. But he's doing a good job with it. And so I think you'll probably see him a little more. Not really fantasy worthy, but he will I don't maybe he gets drafted super late rounds, but he'd definitely be a pickup if all of a sudden he gets like a little bit of PT in weeks one one and two, then he'll get picked up. Um you know, why not? It's a fun player to take a little stab on. Richie James. If you know the name Richie James, it's kind of funny, right? So Richie James ends up uh, you know, Going to San Francisco, I forget where he was drafted. I know of Richie James because he ultimately lands with the Giants last year. And he landed with the Giants last year in preseason. And because of all the shit the Giants went through with all of their wide receivers, he ends up getting regular season PT and capitalized on it. He had like a nice year for a guy who floundered out in, in San Francisco, didn't do a whole hell of a lot, and then thought it was probably on the outs just fighting to get into camp. Um, you know, because of injury, gets an opportunity, makes the most of it in New York, and then ends up going to Kansas City this year. So now this guy is going to be lined up with Pat Mahomes. Now, whether or not he plays, makes the team, who knows? But look... Kansas City and Andy Reid do so much with so little, and they don't have any kind of standout wide receivers. So, you know, they, they, there's, you know, the Sky Moore people are talking about coming around. They spent that they spent that trade getting Kadarius Tony, and all of a sudden he's hurt. Go figure that fucking... There's, I don't know if there's been another player in the past 20 years that has... Well, 20 years is a long time. But yeah, I mean, 20 years, going back to 2000, that has come out that has had so much damn potential that will come in and throw a 200-yard game, and then he's just, he's always hurt. Like, always hurt. When he plays, he's great, and when but he doesn't play because he's always hurt. Um, Kadarius Tony, that that's the one guy. Who was the other guy, the punt returner from, played in Seattle, from Florida. He was a Florida Gator. He always had headaches and migraines and, and barely played. But when he did play, he was really good. Bounced around, I think, with the Buffalo. I'll think about his name later. But anyway, back to um, 
to um, Kadarius Tony. Here's her. So Richie James has a chance if he can get in there, catch a couple of passes. He could do some good shit in Kansas City. So I'm pulling for Richie James. Uh, he's two for 44 with a touchdown. Uh, and then finally, Zamir White. Zamir White, who last year was the rookie out in uh, not Oakland, but Las Vegas. I'm going to keep saying Oakland. I keep screwing up the Oakland, San Diego. Uh, you know, eventually my my mind will wrap around it and forget about uh, what's stuck in there in the cranials. The cranials? And the little divots in, in the brain that I just can't get this crap out of. But anyway, so he gets drafted last year by Las, Las Vegas. People think that he's going to be really good, uh, gets drafted uh, quite a bit in fantasy football drafts. People are thinking that he's going to go in there because Josh Jacobs is on the schneid and then they're going to throw him in there and Zamir White's going to blow up. Uh, and it didn't happen. He just, uh, you know, I think he might have got in one game and, and he did okay but not great. I can't remember. And people picked him up again for like a couple weeks and then it just was shit. But he got 13 carries for 43 yards and a touchdown. And that obviously is is a possible sign of things to come, depending on how the Josh Jacobs negotiations go. Obviously, he's holding out. He wants the money and the running back shit, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But um, it's not looking good, so now could be the chance for Zemir White to come and take that position. Although, I, you know, Jacobs finally does the deal, which he ultimately will, uh, because, you know, you're not going to capitalize and get any money. All these running backs are, have are facing the music. There's nothing they got. They have no leverage. It's unfortunate for them, but it is, you know, a union-negotiated labor deal. And unfortunately, the way that the salary cap is and the way the running back position exists right now, there's nothing that they can do other than sign their fucking one-year franchise tenders and take the money. Uh, Look, a lot of people live a lot worse and eat shit because they don't have the gift to play football. So I don't feel sorry for any of them. Relatively speaking, I do feel bad for them because it it's just a, a shitty existence to be a running back in the NFL right now because the way that the salary cap is and the way the contracts are structured, you know, any high-end running back is going to walk the same path. They're all going to walk the same path. There's nothing they can do about it. It is going to be get drafted in the first, second round, Sign your rookie deal, get as much money you can on the signing bonus, and then the team is going to pick up your extra year if they can. If not, they're going to franchise you, and if they do take the extra year on you, they'll franchise you the year after that. You'll get franchised twice and then thrown to the Wolves and you know see who the fuck wants you because the team that has you is not going to give you a ton of money, and you're going to be pissed and hate them because they didn't give you the money, and now you know, you're you know damaged goods and nobody wants to give you the money. And so you're going to blame the team that drafted you, and they're just like, look, I don't know what you want want to do. This has been laid out for years now, right? Which is why you see the three-year holdouts so long as you can get B. John Robinson. Well, just watch B. John Robinson. That's going to be the next one. Um, that's going to be the guy that, that maybe he can pull off an Ezekiel Elliott again. Uh, anyway, so... Uh, yeah, so Zamir White, he got a little PT. We'll see if Josh Jacobs comes in, but if not, uh, Zamir White has a chance there to have a good year, and I would imagine you'll probably see that impact his fantasy draft draft value in the upcoming weeks. So the only big game that I did watch, watching watched at the OL down in Paramus, New Jersey, on Friday night, Bill, you know, a little questionable on the bill, but, you know, as is any bar that doesn't use fucking computer systems anymore, that's still writing uh, basically scratch, chicken scratch to, you know, tally tabs. But anyway, I we were watching me and my buddy McShane. McShane, I know you're not listening, but by the chance that I, you know, I finally convinced you that you should listen, and you are, i uh, getting a shout-out here. But me and uh, Shady are sitting there watching the Broncos game, and, man, what the fuck was that? They started their first round, their, their first, the first round, they started their, they started their starters, their first stringers, uh, first stringers is what I was looking for, first stringers, they started them, and they played, and they did not look good at all, at all, against the Cardinals of all fucking teams, and you're watching it, and you're like, oh, God, you know, and of all of them, the line and Russell Wilson were the two parts that just looked horrific. 
I mean, Wilson did not look good. Now, they ended it finally because I think he hit, uh, was it Judy? I think he hit Judy across the middle, and then he ran it in for a touchdown, and then they I think they pulled the starters immediately thereafter. But, you know, if you're going to try, Sean Payton, you know, could have went anywhere, could have sat out another year and went somewhere else. Really surprised that nothing materialized in Los Angeles for the Chargers and how Staley kept that job. You would have thought that they would have worked some back channels and been like, hey, look, do you want to come in here and work with Herbert? Um, But I guess it's just not a possibility because he jumps at this opportunity, Peyton that is, to go up to Denver and work with Russell Wilson, of all people, who, if you watch the tape last year, he didn't look good last year, but yeah, maybe it was the coaching, maybe it was that, and Sean Payton can change it. Um, you know, look what he did with Drew Brees, fine. But it did not look good in preseason week one. And the only reason that I'm going to put a little stock into that when I've sat here and just said that all of preseason is junk is because it's all of their starters, and they played all together last year. You would think that if it was the coaching, like everybody said, Peyton would come in, they dial it up a little bit, and even just running like a basic offense that they're trying to learn some things with, that they would be able to put some kind of numbers up against the Cardinals of all fucking teams, who was not playing with like their best players. So, like, Jesus, what are we doing here if we're Denver? Denver fans, I just have got to be scratching their head. And so that was the one game that was of value to me watching it because I was floored by how bad Denver looked. Again, it's preseason week one. We haven't reached the NFL preseason. For those of you that have not heard my rant, the short version is weeks one through four of the NFL actual season is really the preseason. That's the preseason. If you want to start watching the NFL after preseason, tune in week five. Tune in week five, week five through 18. That, that's when you can watch real NFL football. But from now through week four, it's all preseason. Um, so the Bronco game, which I touched on, and that's basically it for the week one. Now, before we punch out here tonight, there was a bunch of new news, and I mentioned some of it previously. Cowboys finally came to an agreement with Zach Martin. So they signed him. Re- they actually reworked the contract. He was holding out. He he was on contract. He held out because he wanted more money. Dude's thirty three. He sees you know the sun setting in the horizon, and now is the time to you know punch his ticket and make that extra cash. And he did. So he ends up holding out, and now the new extension will pay him a, more than eighteen million in the next two years, and both of those years will be fully guaranteed. Prior to this season, Martin was making about 14 mil for the other two years, and now he'll be making more than 18 on both of those. Right? So congratulations to Zach Martin. Anybody who gets paid and is skilled their position deserves a little kudos, and that is the kudos there. Uh, they really didn't have much of a choice, that being... You don't want to talk about running backs having no leverage and then Zach Martin having Zach Martin having leverage? That's how you do it, right? So all these running backs who are just like, I'm super important, give me my fucking money, Saquon Barkley, I might sit out for the whole year. No, you're not. No, you're not. And Zach Martin, he could say, maybe I'm going to sit out the whole year, and that has some impact because <laughs> that that's, a, you know... a Big, huge loss for the Dallas Cowboys offensive line, thereby impacting everything that they do. And they have a roster that is heavily invested uh, in money and in aging stars and time is now type attitude. So that's how you you know negotiate with leverage. Note to all of the running backs. So when you find yourself in that position... You know, Derrick Henry would have been one a couple of years ago, and I think that he did cash out. But before we get too deep in contract talk, that's what you need. You need leverage. And Zach Martin had it, and he cashed in. Uh, Then let's get to the running backs. Dalvin Cook, they said he was going to go somewhere. They said it was going to be the Jets, and they were right. It was the Jets. He ends up going. One-year deal. One-year deal. Now, remember, Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley 
going to wear a yellow jacket. You, this is a guy that you see a yellow jacket on. He got, what, about uh, $10 million, right? And then when he finally, that, that was the contract and then or the, the franchise deal, and then they threw him an extra 900 in basically guarantees, another cool mill on top of that, and that's what he got, and he got his ass into, into camp. So the difference between him and Dalvin Cook is about, what, like uh, two point something million, $2.5 million? I guess Dalvin Cook, he, he gets a one-year deal, 8.6 with the Jets. Zeke Elliott, who... He just got cast away. I mean, kind of like Dalvin Cook. Um, for him, it was just kind of, you know, there was nothing nothing left for Zeke to do in Dallas. Uh, they wanted to make room for Pollard. They threw Zeke out. Zeke probably got less interest than Cook, I would imagine. And, I mean, by the money, I, I guess he did too. He ends up fucking over anybody aiming for Ramonde Stevenson. Uh, although, depending on your belief, some might like this because it'll bump Stevenson's value down. And if you don't think that Zeke's going to be a big contributor to his new tank team, who is the... Oh, I didn't want that. I wanted the trouble, asshole. Is the New England Patriots. That's where he goes for his one-year deal. But he ends up you know, weighing down Stevenson. His ADP moves down. Maybe you can get Stevenson at a cheaper deal. And guess what? Zeke isn't playing. I mean, he might, but he's not going to be a significant contributor. I could see him, what, 500 to 750 yards? I mean, every team now uses two running backs. You need it. You know, you you use different offensive sets. You, you want to keep their legs fresh. They're, you know, they're a dime a dozen. So you go and you grab, you grab Zeke Elliott and you put him in the backfield with Stevenson. And I think the only significance again is that Steven is that Stevenson's ADP will go down and maybe you'll get him at a better price. But anyway, Zeke ends up going to the Patriots one year deal. And that is going to end up including a three million dollar base, a one million dollar signing bonus, and it can be up to six million with incentives. That's all according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. Adam Schefter, who used to be from Denver Broncos to the NFL Network to now ESPN, and has been ESPN's guy, which, you know, what is ESPN now? Seven people? Is that what it is? It's like, let's get Schefter, Screaming A. Smith, Scott Van Pelt, Buck and Aikman. That's five. Um,. I guess the the Mannings for their you know their dual broadcast, but they're not really oh Mad Dog Russo Mad Dog Russo so let, let's take the Mannings away Mad Dog Russo that makes six. Um, who are else their big guys? Who uh, who am I forgetting here? Oh PTI, do you want to throw Wilbon and and Kornheiser in there? You know that. I mean, you're talking about seven to eight guys. Dick Vitale, you know, he doesn't have, he doesn't have any more pull on him. But that's those are the personalities, and and Schefter's one of those. You know, one about talk about Mount Rushmore. There is a literal Mount Rushmore right now of ESPN talent because there just isn't that money. They they threw everybody away. So anyway, yes, that that story and those numbers are from ESPN's Adam Schefter, and so we'll end it there. But as we punch out talking about Ezekiel Elliott and his contract and going back to running backs in general and the poorly negotiated uh, union deal they have. Well, it's not even like that they have, but the terrible deal that exists for them because of the labor deal that was negotiated. Zeke knew this ahead of time. And so Zeke was able to pull out, and he ended up doing his walkout after year three, right? So he did three years, balled out, and then he was like, I'm not coming back unless I get a deal. And, you know, the Cowboys could have just been like, sit out, we're not going to pay you. You know, I guess they could have tried to trade him, but they had invested so much in him that they had really no choice. Right, it was like okay, let's figure out how to do this, and then we'll pay him. And because the salary cap is so fictitious, there is room to do things like that. Now, there's even more room to do that with running backs, because on the average, their salaries are so low. 
right? So like their franchise tag, them and tight ends. It's like if you get franchise tagged, you're not getting any money. Like there's just there isn't you you, you need the higher end contracts to raise the franchise value up there, and there just isn't that money. That's just not how it's allocated anymore. So he does the he does the holdout year three, gets paid, and then rides out the rest of that contract. That is the way to do it. And Mr. Elliott ended up making $70 million in his career. I mean, pretty impressive for guys that are 26, 27 years old, and they're just playing for $10 million now, right? I mean, how are you going to make $70 million if you're just going to get paid, you know, $10 million after your rookie deal? Right, because it's just it's not going to end up. So what what ended up happening with him is he gets a signing bonus year one. He gets drafted out of Ohio State. Twenty sixteen, he gets sixteen million. Right, that was his signing bonus. Salary's nothing, four fifty. Then he does a monster year one and year two, and he makes one million in salary in year two. That next year, twenty eighteen, he clocked in for two point seven million. So. At that point, he made the 16, he made the two and a half, you know, he's up to about 20 million, right? And that was his deal through three years. Now, I don't, he had a year where he fell off, and I thought it was the third year. So I don't know what happened that three year. I gotta, I gotta, I can't remember all that much, but it doesn't matter. So then he does his holdout. So then they end up doing the new deal, and whatever the deal is, I think it's, it was backloaded with, uh, you know, uh, with salary, but he gets another 7.5 after they renegotiate the deal and they give him the extension in 2019. And so that's the way to do it, right? So you get your $16 million in your signing bonus, you clock in the rest of the money for the first two years, you hold out, and then they end up throwing you another, you know, $8 million, right? And so that's, you know, what they're getting the one year now. And then he plays that out. He gets $6.8 million the next year. That comes along with an option bonus of $13 million, which is big coin right there. And then 2021 is kind of like dog duty in terms of salary, but he did a restructure and he got a bonus of $8.6 million. And then he finished out last year straight salary, made $12.4 million. So you add it all up together. In salary alone, he ended up making 25 mil. In signing bonuses, which is where you know you got to do it, he ended up getting 23 mil. So combined salary, he was able to stay for you know seven years, and then he was able to clock in 25 million in salary and then 23 million in signing bonuses, and then elsewhere he also got a restructure bonus of 8.6, and he got an option bonus of 13 mil. Um, and so that, that's how he ended up piecing together. And that is how all running backs are going to have to try to work their walkouts and their protests and their redoing the deal. Because for the running back, the sweet spot is year three. After year three is when you got a bolt. You can't go into year four and think that you're going to be able to leverage anything after that year. And that's why McCaffrey, same thing happened. I think they gave him a deal after year three. So going into year four, I could be wrong with that. But the point is that the process was similar to what Zeke set forward. And that all goes back to Le'Veon Bell and what happened to him, which was you know an unfortunate reality of salary cap football. That's just the way that it is. And so now these other running backs, you're just not seeing it because you got Dalvin Cook signing for a one-year deal. you got Ezekiel Elliott signing for a one-year deal. You've got uh, Saquon Barkley on a one-year deal. I mean, it's just one-year deals all across the board. Your base rookie contract is the best you got. That's what it is. So anyway, uh, wrap it up for the snap. And that's why I don't, I, you know, these snaps, I wanted to make them 30 minutes. I look up at the clock, it's 53. Ah, you know, I can't stop talking. It's the gift and the curse. Fucking more of a curse than a gift. You can just ask my wife about anything. My mouth, my penis, fucking kryptonite all over the place. I'm going to shut up and not fucking bludgeon your ears any longer. Peace them out. I'll talk to you tomorrow.